the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. I promise to give you an hour and a half, two hours a day of as honest as I can investment thoughts. I'm not going to give you the secret to make a million dollars. If I had that secret, I would own an island right now and probably nuclear weapons. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? Yes. But I'm, I'd be like a Bond villain. I think on some levels, Bezos and Musk are Bond villains. If you think about the next Bond movie, if you had a caricature of either of them, I want to make a base on the moon and that could be part Bezos and part Musk. Boy, doesn't it seem like Bezos has disappeared from his... uh space business a little bit in the recent years <clears throat> in the recent quarters i guess is the right way i said it there is no way to do that if there was i'd, I'd tell you when i was blah, 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 maybe 20 years ago in this industry of financial media there was a sponsor that just drove me nuts it was a software company that says we're going to sell you software that makes you money it'll double your money every 200 days Every 133 days. And then it was like, okay, why 133? It was just bizarre claims. If you double your money every 30 days, 90 days, 133 days, it's not going to take you long to get to a trillion dollars. So you know that there's something wrong with this claim. It's like that old thing in elementary school. If you could take a penny and double it every day, would you take that or would you take a million dollars? And the answer is take the penny doubling. Um... But the software that they sold was red light, yellow light, green light. We'll tell you when to buy big green light. We'll tell you when to sell. Yellow. You want to do it? Like, in people buy that crap. People buy that belief. You think someone has that knowledge? They don't. Kiyosaki, to me, is a hot airbag. Um, he walks around like he knows. I'm just spewing out history. Go look at the data. Markets are up seven out of 10 years, recessions happen. I try to put it in an informing kind of way. I Sometimes I bring my kids into it. Up in about three years ago, I never talked about my kids. Um, I try to do whatever I can to get the point across to you. Anyhow, I don't want to get too preachy. Stock market's in a similar position that it's been basically every, every time there's a rally. Can we hold it? Can we put in a floor? Can we stop going down? And... Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com used a word that I'm going to, you know, send in an email about later. He says, that is hope is stirring that it is due for a sizable bounce because we've had stuff. We have suffered, not had, we have suffered sizable losses. <clears throat> I was watching a little bit of Bloomberg yesterday, still having COVID. I'm staying kind of low. And they had one technician who came out and said, okay, so from the start of this year, we've had four pullbacks at 10% or more. Here's the rally that we've had off of them. And we're about 2 or 3% from a rally, or maybe it'll start today. 
if you're using the word hope, today we're trading, uh, today should be a little bit of a relief in trading in large part because quadruple witching options expiration day is today. I don't talk options on this show. They are a way of creating income. I've used options against my shares of Apple where I'm willing to sell contracts that someone has to give me $10,000. But if the stock is higher or lower, I have to give them the stock and they have to buy it. But you get the idea. I have to make a decision to make a move. Can't just sit there and wait for the dividend. It's a way of creating income. That's what wealthy people do with options. Unfortunately, talking about product that's sold to people that shouldn't have it, like the red light, yellow light, green light software, options are all over CNBC is this is what you should do. It's not. I wish CNBC would put massive, massive disclaimers on it. I'm not going to say this is one of the saddest stories that I've ever heard, but it was sad this year. A woman from Walgreens emailed me and said, what should I do with these? They're called leaps. They're long-term options. So today we have quadruple witching, which is a combination of monthly, quarterly, long-term. Like you have some all sorts of options, quadruple, uh, expiring, which basically means time is up. It's interesting because you see a little bit more volume, a little bit more volatility on a day like today as bets have to get settled. This is it. Um, Did you win or lose? It's time to come to the cashier and, and get paid up or pay out. I've never met an individual who's used options who was not a professional correctly and didn't get burned. And yet CNBC basically, I would say 80% of their content is, hey, what's up, Doc? Uh, what's the Doc have to say about the options day? Okay, Mr. Wizard, Doc has to say this. Miscalculus, what do you think? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do we have to call people by funny names? Let's start there. That's the problem that I have. So the, one of the saddest stories I had was a woman, and I, I still don't understand why she did this. She worked at Walgreens and she put her whole life savings into four stocks. Two of them were legit. Um, to buy a long-term option on an Apple, it seems to always go higher. You don't have to have, have a lot of money to get a, a nice return on not a lot of money. And Apple seems like, well, it always is higher. I can't, I can't buy, it never goes down. So her rationale was good, except for it's not Jack and the Beanstalk. You don't plant a magic bean and go straight up and you get the golden egg and you win. Expect the unexpected. And she didn't and she's lost it all. She was down 96% when she contacted me. And I'm like, first thoughts first is turn the internal letter on so she doesn't hear this. Because my thought was, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Why did you do this? You work at Walgreens. You're, let's say you make 15, 16, 17, $18 an hour. This is an inherent, this was her hard working money. Had she put it in an index fund, I would have said, you'll be fine. Just keep buying. But on this one, she lost everything. I don't want you to do that. I still want to make more money than you. So I'm more attractive than members of the opposite sex. I still want to make more money than you. So I have a better home than you, but I don't want you losing all your money. And by the way, that was a joke. Microsoft um, talked about a stronger dollar a couple of weeks ago. This is a hard transition. Don't do options. 
Microsoft talked about a stronger dollar affecting their earnings. Adobe did the same thing last night when providing weaker than expected fiscal third quarter guidance. This hasn't happened to us in the last 20 years much where we're talking about a strong dollar. Typically, we don't have a strong dollar, which makes crypto people incredibly happy because the government is printing money. And what I never want you to get is so emotional that you have an opinion in investing. If you could just do the facts, see the markets go up seven out of 10 years, you've already won the race. Get index funds and you'll be fine. You may not be above fine. You may not be a Tesla and a four-bedroom mansion, four-bedroom mansion. In the Bay Area, four bedrooms is, is a mansion. But you got to curtail your own risk. So Microsoft and Adobe saying that the dollar is affecting, and I'm telling you, it's been 20 years since I've had to talk about a strong dollar because the United States government prints their way out of trouble. We've got something which is amazing. And if, if a drug lord had it, we'd go and, and kill the guy. We'd assassinate him. We have a print. A U.S. Treasury could print money. Strong dollar won't be the only factor standing in the way of confident earnings outlooks. When Microsoft is telling you earnings are hurting them and Adobe, for the record, I want to own Adobe. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to promise you this, but I'm going to watch it closely during this period of volatility on the downside. I love Adobe's products. and. Right now, those two companies, Adobe and Microsoft, are telling us a strong dollar is affecting their earnings. What do they have in common? They're multinationals. Can you think of some other multinationals? No, no, no. Don't think tech. Think outside of tech. We are uh, Apple. Okay, I'll give you that one. Google. Okay, I'll give you that one. Think of some other multinationals, and yet it comes really easy. Coca-Cola. Any company that does business overseas, McDonald's. So until they come out and tell us how currencies are doing, I'm kind of wondering. Strong dollar won't be the only thing that affects earnings season this quarter. High transportation costs, China's lockdowns, rising interest rates, deteriorating sentiment. I didn't freak out, but I kind of freaked out on my spouse this week. She, uh, I was COVID free on Saturday. I was COVID positive Saturday night, but before that happened, I fleed the area because I didn't want her or my other son to give it to me or my other son. <clears throat> she spent a lot of money on a hotel room for luxury. I'm like, oh, come on. Save that kind of thing for like an anniversary or something. But okay, I'll end up in divorce if I say that out loud too often, right? Strong dollar won't be the only thing we have to worry about earning season. So what I'm trying to say right now is we're working towards an earning season. Okay, picking up what I'm putting down. That's probably the next big thing we're going to be looking at because the Fed is, we know they're going to raise rates. So we got that one in our, our pocket. But the higher transportation costs, you've seen companies like Walmart and Target say, we're, we're spending twice as much to send goods to us. So what, when I say send goods to us, if it gets on a boat in China and has to come to the United States, that process of boat and cargo container come to the United States, those are done on contracts. And it might be $25,000 in a normal year to send it across. A whole boatload of cars, a whole boatload of clothes. Now it's double that. So these are the things that we're going to be looking at in earnings. Lockdowns, interest rates rising, deteriorating sentiment. Deteriorating sentiment could be me like, oh, there's a recession coming. And I don't, why did you get a luxury hotel? 
You have a perfectly lovely luxury home. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Is your portfolio struggling? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. I've done this for 24, 25 years, roughly. It was back to 1996. <clears throat> it's a long time. Sometimes I was doing as much as five hours of radio while also being an investment advisor and portfolio strategist. Um, I like to talk money. I'm good enough at it that I'm still doing it. If I wasn't, my podcast numbers wouldn't be large. I'm not telling you that I'm your Buddha or your guru. I'm just trying my best to get you fair information. I want to teach you a market term that I've never, ever thought I would need to say out loud. Marked market. Um, I do have the financial knowledge to be nerdy. I try not to show it on the air. Marked market is a method of measuring the fair value of accounts that can fluctuate over time, such as assets and liabilities, such as Bitcoin. Marked market aims to provide a realistic appraisal of an institution's current financial situation based on current market conditions. There's a couple companies that have made massively wrong bets on crypto. I'm looking directly at you, uh, MicroStrategy and Michael Saylor, who I think is a fool, and why he gets on air because he's loud and noisy. And CNBC has no problem putting fools on air. There's another company that's made a big bet on Bitcoin, and now they're big time, bigly upside down on it. Tesla. It's been very tough to figure out how to stop what appears to be a pyramid scheme in crypto. You buy Bitcoin, it goes up if someone buys it from you. Doesn't They don't come out with an announcement like, oh, by the way, we're giving away 20% off this weekend. Nope. So how do you short something that seems to only go up? Because the old phrase, what goes up must come down, kind of has a truth to it. You go after companies that you can do a marked market where you're looking at Bitcoin falling apart and you know that's going to hurt Coinbase and MicroStrategy. Do you go as gutsy as to say that the billion and a half that Tesla put into Bitcoin is important? Not really. But there are some other names out there that you can short because they're publicly traded companies. When you go long a company, you buy low, you want to sell high. When you short, you basically um, sell, uh, you, you buy high and you want to sell low. It's the exact opposite. So you're committing to selling first when you short and buying when it goes lower. What's fascinating about that is if a company goes completely to zero, you lose. You could short a company from 100 to zero and you lose if you didn't sell it at one penny. I don't short stocks. I've learned long ago that the average investor wants to. Oh, Apple looks too expensive. I'm going to short it. Don't do it. We bought pet rocks as a nation. We buy a lot of stupid things. If you take a look at what your children get to Christmas, you're like, oh, I bet that's not going to last as fat. You're probably right. So here are some companies that are publicly traded. If you think Bitcoin goes to zero, Coinbase, MicroStrategy, Riot Blockchain, ticker symbol Riot, uh, BitDigital, BTBT, TerraWolf, W-U-L-F, Cypher Mining, C-I-F-R, 
bit mining, um, BTCM. Cute. Play on Bitcoin, right? I don't want you to short stocks. I don't want you to short this because have you seen some of the stupid call? I'm not going to say stupid. That makes me sound old. Have you seen some of the calls that some nut jobs on the internet influencers saying, I think Bitcoin's going to a million. And you're like, are you looking at the same thing I'm looking at? Now, remember how I just talked about CoinBoys, MicroStrategy and Riot Blockchain and Hut8 Mining and BitDigital and TerraWolf and CypherMine and BitMining. Those companies all benefited and shot up huge when Bitcoin shot up. What do you think they're going to report when, when Bitcoin falls? Um, so here's a, a thought. It's a hedge play. And I don't do hedge plays either. Either I like something or I don't. But you could say, I believe in Bitcoin and, and go that direction or cryptocurrency, whatever you name it. Or you could say, I don't believe in it. You could short these kind of publicly traded companies that have exposure. Uh, Coinbase seems very intriguing. If you think Bitcoin's going to survive, that's an intriguing one. If you're playing the game of, I just want to own it and not hedge it. Now, if you think Bitcoin's going to go lower, you could try to hedge it and buy Coinbase because they seem to be the most uh, pure play on crypto that's publicly traded. And you can go long Coinbase. So if one of your bets is wrong, you can close it out and the other one worked for you. I don't recommend it. Most of my listeners are uh, stay-at-home dads, soccer moms, software engineers. You all have diverse uh, police officers. You don't have time to be hedging. The winning streak for crypto short sellers comes as major cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum have lost more than 50% of their value. Billions have been made. Shorting those companies that I just brought up, $4 billion in profits. And you know, when I thought crypto would, would uh, when crypto made the big move from like 4,000 to 8,000, like, oh, it's already moved up too much. I think it was 8 to 16, 16 to 24, 24 to 60. When it made those kind of moves, I was like, hmm, I missed it. Goodbye. Because I don't short stocks. I could have shorted stocks. People who did made $4 billion. So just so you know, every time there's a winner, there's a loser. And that is where Wall Street gets a little bit of a gambling mentality. Um, it doesn't mean if, if you owned Apple and you sold it to me and I own Apple and it goes higher and then I sell it to someone else and they, it goes higher. Someone's eventually going to own it and they'd lose, right? Maybe they lose future gains. Maybe they lose flat out on price. But you've just learned what marked market is. It's a way of looking at assets and jumping ship and saying, how can we apply this to another company? Or how does it apply to that company's financial statements? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, MicroStrategy. They're in a bit of trouble. I would not be looking long on that one. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. Welcome, man. Let's kick off the show by saying for many of you, I know this is your first bear market for many of you because we haven't had one really in the last 10 years. The one that we did have in 2020 lasted for two weeks. And when it was happening, I said, this is a buying opportunity or a generational buying opportunity. I'm saying that again. 
market closes at high, all-time highs seven out of 10 years, not closes at highs seven out of 10 years, but hits all-time highs seven out of 10 years. Not telling you that it's going to happen in a month, not telling you it's going to happen in six months. From when the NASDAQ crashed in 2000, it took 10 plus years for it to get to an all-time high because there were so many horrible companies that got battered and, and beaten down that were added to the NASDAQ that should never have been there. Things like pets.com. It's interesting. Pets.com makes more sense in the year 2020 than pets.com did in the year 2000. Sometimes business plans are a little bit too early. The stock market is, is testing their, their will right now. Sentiment is horrible, but we're expecting a little bit of a snapback rally because typically when we go down 5%, we bounce back one or 2%. And guess what we just did yesterday and this week? We went, we had a horrible week. We've had the worst week since 2020. And guess what happened after those two weeks in 2020? A generational buying opportunity. Is that going to happen this time? I don't think so. Because unlike 2020, our bear market was, oh, I bet this whole pandemic thing is going to stop people from ever buying anything or ever go out on vacation, ever leaving their homes again. And then the government stimulus started coming in. One area that I'm going to agree with the Republican media right now is we got to stop the government handouts for a little bit. Maybe not the government handouts completely, but when there's a T in front of that government handout, trillions of dollars, it created unwanted inflation. And strangely, the man who looked like a goat, Joe Manchin, by not going along with fellow Democrats and getting another $4 trillion into the market, printing money from the U.S. government, when they kind of pound that, suddenly he's like, maybe he stopped inflation from going double digits. Too much money was being thrown at problems. And for instance, the PPP loans, I think we could, history, if you ever take a, a class in business, is going to tell you, we gave money to people who didn't need it. We turned on the printing presses and said, here's 20000 here's $100,000 for you. And your business, just don't fire anyone. And a business owner is like, wait, wait, let me check with my accountant. I can take this. This is good. Now, it did help many small businesses, but it helped some that didn't need help. Uh, what are we looking for to see a shift right now? Well, first and foremost, central banks have gone full in. Uh, Bank of Japan agreed to leave its key policy rate at negative one-tenth of a percent. They're not going all in. But central banks around the world have tried to come up with ways of stimulating their economies by raising, or no, 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 excuse me. They've come up with ways of fighting inflation by raising interest rates. Bank of Japan said, no, not so fast. That tells me Japan may be the one to be looking at right now as some new ideas for index funds. I'm too, way too early in that, uh, that mission though. So last night after hours, Adobe reported earnings. And one of the things that they said was that the dollar's too strong and we do a lot of business. And when we convert the Euro to the dollar, we're getting crushed. Microsoft said that a couple of weeks ago and people were like, ah, I don't get it. I didn't get it. I missed it. But the moment Adobe said, I was like, ah, one plus one, get it. So this earnings season, because Adobe just reported earnings. Earnings happen every three months, January, February, March. So it happens in April, April, May, June happens in July. Take a look at the calendar. We're about a month away from earnings season. How many companies are going to blame currency? And for the record, now is the time to blame whatever you want to blame if you're a corporation. 
if your CEO has been picking his nose and, and wiping the boogers on the back of your desk, don't say that. Say, oh, we have currency problems. Don't say you've been an effective leader during a tough time. Say, we've got currency issues. Wall Street will buy that a lot better than nose picker. Strong dollars, that can be the only thing we're going to look at earnings season in about a month. High transportation costs, China lockdowns. How did China lockdown affect uh, Revlon? They couldn't get their product sourced and they couldn't get their product made and shipped to them. Transportation costs and China lockdown affected Revlon to the point of bankruptcy. Uh, rising interest rates, companies that have a lot of cash, they don't need to borrow money. Companies that borrow money are going to be paying more for that money. You know who should be a, a massive winner once we get through this, this theory of inflation? No, no, not theory. It's the reality of inflation. Sometimes I have to correct myself and say, no, 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 no. Be, be more direct. Once we get this through this period of inflation is what I wanted to say. The people that we're going to have to start taking a look at, um, financials. Having higher interest rates is really, really good for their business model. But when you have credit cards as a financial, as a bank, or a broker, you've got assets and they're down suddenly 20%, clients are firing you. Uh, that's kind of known for it's going to be happening. But we don't know is when do you buy the banks? It's going to be pretty darn soon. And I think you can start nibbling. I heard a great quote yesterday. Um, I've bought the bottom many times. <laughs> and what he was trying to say was he buys stocks on a regular basis. He doesn't know when he's buying the bottom, but a couple of times he just gets lucky enough to do it. Financials are to be maybe a decade winner. Maybe. I'll say more. I, I won't say it that aggressively. What I'll say is financials are going to shine coming out of a recession. Now, here's the kicker. Wall Street looks six months in the future. The moment you see Bank of America and Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley start ticking up three, four, five percent on a day when the market's up two, three percent. That's when you're starting to see people are loading up on it. But this earnings season, we got to get through. We need earnings cut. Then we'll be, then it'll be safer. We need people to be fired. Then it'll be safer in the stock market as a bottom. Keep in mind, I buy every two weeks. I bought two weeks ago. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. My 401k will be happy in 10 years. It doesn't have to be happy today. I'm getting more shares for less dollars, uh, more shares for the same dollars. So the White House is considering imposing fuel export limits. Um, what? What? Like, we don't seem to have a good policy, fiscal policy, out of what's coming. Now, what do I say is coming? Morgan Stanley's chief strategist called the last three crashes. He says the Fed's latest rate hike has raised the odds of recession. Here's the point where if you haven't met your boss recently due to COVID, take him to lunch. If you haven't met your coworkers, go to that after hour uh, happy hour. One minute. Because the next three to nine months when job cuts are coming, they need to know who, put, put a face to your name if you want to stay. I'm not, that's not career advice, but you know what I'm saying? Federal Reserve just delivered its largest rate hike since 1995. Mike Wilson believes the 75 basis point increase in rates won't provide an immediate payoff in the central bank's effort to tame inflation, which soared to a four decade high of 8.6%. This guy's called the, the, the highs, no, no, not the highs. He's called every major crash of the last three crashes. So when he talks, I'm going to listen. 
I'll talk a little bit more about him when we come off break because I didn't have enough time to get into the dirty details. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I want to give proper due to someone who I think is really, really good at what he does. There's baseball cards, and you're like, ooh, what's the rookie season Barry Bonds worth? What's rookie Aaron Judge? I bet he's about to get a big, fat contract. You get baseball cards. You get Pokemon cards. You understand them. Somehow you can under, you, you see that your kid has this fascination with anime. And I have a kid who has a fascination with anime. Let me just say Demon Slayer. And I like watching it with him. That's one thing that as a parent that I do, I don't make all the right decisions, but I do it with them. Morgan Stanley's chief strategist called the last three crashes. And he says the Fed's latest rate hike just raised the odds of recession. Why do I bring him up? Because if there were to be trading cards in the world of stocks and investors and bankers and brokers, venture capitalists, if we were to put a stick of bubble gum in with the best of all time, the best of finance trading cards, Morgan Stanley's chief strategist, he would be, he'd be on it. His name's Mike Wilson. He thinks the Federal Reserve's biggest rate hike since 1994 makes the U.S. recession more likely. When this guy talks, listen. He says you're bringing rate hikes forward even faster. Remember at the start of, well, let's go back to September of 2021. We were looking at two, maybe three rate hikes in 2022. Now we got three rate hikes in the last one and three more in the next one, it looks like. And two before that said it's eight. We're looking at 13 this year. And what Mike Wilson's saying is, Instead of doing it methodically, they're doing it in a panic way. And you're going to see the reaction much more exponentially large. One thing the market got wrong this year is rates went up even faster than expected, he says. So again, let's go through what he says. The Federal Reserve just delivered its largest rate hike since 1994, and he thinks the odds of recession are a little higher. He's allowed to say that. I think he's right. He thinks the 75 basis point increase in rates won't provide an immediate payoff to fight inflation. Because how long it takes interest rate hikes to get into the economy, it's not overnight. And then once it's in the economy, if you have another 75 basis points coming in, you're like, oh boy, we've seen a big contraction in spending. And guess what? We're going to have another one in 30 days because we just, we know that they did this. Wall Street does a lot in the future, not like crystal ball, but six months into the future. I would say the stock market's stupid, whereas the bond market's very smart. So when Mr. Wilson talks about recession, I'm going to pay attention. I'm not afraid of recessions. I'm not upset by recessions. They don't panic me. It's not an R word. In financial media, it is because the good-looking news host can go, are you ready for a recession? Are you ready for a recession? Get ready for a recession. Belt in, people. And it's just a normal thing. 
It's just like your hair growing. You know, at some point in time, your baby's hair gets too long and you do have to cut it. And right now I am slightly balding on top in the back. I'm glad that I have enough hair at 53 that I'm, I'm proud of it, but my kids have better hair than me, right? On occasion, I have to cut my hair. Otherwise, I look shaggy. On occasion, you have to cut the economy. Otherwise, it gets shaggy. Same idea. To have a healthy economy, you got to sometimes trim the edges. It doesn't really change our intermediate view, he says. Unfortunately, I don't think this is going to solve the inflation problem overnight. It also raises the risks of recession. The Fed is likely hiking into a slowdown, and they don't really have a lot of options. They don't have a lot of tools. They didn't get the transitory call right. And now you're seeing a lot of international bankers follow suit. Rising interest rates tend to hurt both stocks and growth because they curb consumer spending. This is where he gets into his meat. He's earned a reputation after correctly calling the last three stock market crashes. He did note the market has significantly underestimated how aggressive the Fed's going to be. The one thing we've gotten wrong is that rates went up faster than expected. And again, like I said, last year in September, we thought we we're going to get two, maybe three. Now we're expecting 13. But if by end of July, we're eight moves in. We're closer to the end than the beginning, which is good. But yeah, it's going to take six months from this rate hike to play into inflation, to bleed into the economy. So when I tell you we're not looking at a great year on inflation numbers, we're not looking at a great year as far as inflation numbers go. I do expect next year to be better. I think that'll get mired in some of the people losing jobs. Prices are only falling because people lost jobs. No, prices are falling because people stopped spending. People became a little bit more conservative. They saw their credit card debt. And sadly, I think most people want to pay back their credit card debt. I think some people look at credit card debt as, well, I'll just go bankrupt. I don't understand people who don't financially plan. And they're just like, oh, it's just a bankruptcy. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't have to brush teeth. It's just a front tooth. You want your teeth. So he goes on as far as saying, again, he's my Reggie Jackson. He's the, the baseball card that I would want. He says, assuming the Fed does manage a soft landing, he thinks the S&P 500 could slide another 10% from its current level to 3,400. Okay, now we're talking. He's given me a number where if we get to 3,400 or 3,500, I'm going to start seeing my downside of 10% now, my upside of historically the stock market averaging 8 to 10% returns. I feel a little bit more comfortable. He says the NASDAQ is down more than the S&P 500 because it was more extended on a valuation at the beginning of the year. Duh. He didn't say duh, but I threw that in there because of emphasis. He's the only Wall Street strategist sounding the alarm about a recession in the wake of Fed interest rates decisions. Wells Fargo economist said the same thing. He thinks that he expects the U.S. to tip into a recession by 2023. So here's the best part about the internet. Here's the best part about podcasts. 20 years ago, we didn't really have this ability to inform the world. Now we do. 20 years ago, if you wanted to talk about, or let's go 30 years ago, this wasn't on TV. There was no CNBC. Is that right? That's kind of wrong. But you really had to seek out financial information. Now it's everywhere. You open Yahoo. You open the internet. You see a young influencer who's probably hot and sexy talking about crypto. There's so much financial content out there. 
So let's finish with him a little bit here. He says that a recession is not explicitly explicitly in the forecast at Morgan Stanley yet. But he does start seeing the risk a higher. How do I say this? He is starting to see one half of 1% increase in the unemployment rate by the end of 2024. And he thinks that's suggestive of a recession. I love this guy. Again, if you want to put him in your Google alerts, which is something I've done. If there's key players that you follow, Google has a thing that you could put into your profile. So I have Morgan Stanley's chief strategist in my Google alerts. When he makes headline news, Mike Wilson, I get an email story sent to me that day, that night, that afternoon, whatever. Um, I'm following him. If you know what I'm saying, he's one of my, he's one of my many, he's one of my many, and you too should have people like that, that make headline news. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I work with a company called EP Wealth. We have an investment policy committee of 10 people. I really like with the people that I work with. They're very, very smart. I post a video of Adam Phillips and myself on Mondays talking about the market. I'm going to talk to him on Tuesday because Monday is a holiday. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I've got a planned day off next week. This week I've had COVID and I've shown up for every show. I think it's important that I'm there. Um, I think it's important that we get through these issues and that we process them and that we don't panic or get greedy. If you're three years from retirement, I think you should have a financial planner. Sometime around that range, once you get over a million, I think you should work with a professional. Doesn't work out that way for everyone. Some people don't want to hire professional help. I think that's totally understand it. When I have to pay an attorney, I hate it. But typically they're helping me. When I have to pay an accountant, I hate it. But typically, they're helping me. I would strongly consider a financial planner if you have wealth that you can't afford to lose. It just so happens people retire with wealth. When they retire, they don't have that ability to usually go back to work. I would strong, and the only accreditation I like in my industry is financial planner. I wouldn't work with a wealth um, consultant or a certified specialist in retirement because there's no such thing. A certified financial planner is a credential. It's got a copyright next to it. They have to act as fiduciaries in theory. Do they all know? Sometimes there's mistakes. Sometimes there's bad apples. But same thing with a mechanic um, for your expensive vehicle. Some mechanics are awesome. Some mechanics stink at their job. Same thing with cops. Some cops are awesome. Some stink at their job. But if you have wealth and you can't afford to lose it, strongly consider meeting with a financial planner. And with Zoom meetings today, it's easier than ever. So one of the stories that hit the headlines today is WWE boss Vince McMahon is going to step down from his CEO duties during a misconduct probe. I incorrectly thought he was 67. Maybe I'm a little dyslexic because he's 76. Um, it is a weird business. He's been CEO. His wife has been CEO. She's a big Republican supporter. She worked it for the Trump administration. I'm like, whoa, isn't this the Raslin family? Isn't it? I'm Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's that company. And he's being accused of some alleged misconduct and something I hated are non-disclosure agreements. I think if our Supreme Court or someone could figure that one out a little bit better, it'd be nice. If a crime is being covered up or shut up, I don't like it. But that's just the person to me who's honest. 
I told you this earlier this week that, um, oh, and I'll give you the update. Someone tried to get under my, my truck and steal my catalytic converter, caught in the process. Police were called. Uh, he and his two henchmen didn't make it out. One person faked a heart attack. And you know what the sheriff told me? Had to let him go on the spot. Because we don't want to send that person to the hospital and then they're in the hospital for two or three days. Well, they sent them to the hospital, but we didn't want to send a sheriff to the hospital because then the sheriff has to get paid $70 an hour to baby, basically babysit a crime of someone who's going to get charged. Um, the person that they did arrest uh, has a track record and uh, he slipped out of the charge. The charge is there, the warrant's there, but it stinks. San Francisco just had a attorney general who basically got recalled because people in San Francisco, the, the basic of it, I think, I don't live in San Francisco, is that there's too much crime on the street, too many cars being broken into, not tough enough on crime. So last year at this time, I told you I had a another vehicle stolen from my driveway. And what was fascinating, it was found 60 days later, right before the insurance company called it a loss and was writing me a check, which I would have loved. But in hindsight, due to the pandemic, no, I probably wouldn't have loved it because used cars are, that's what I was fighting the insurance company about. They wanted to lowball me. And I was like, no, no, for me to get that exact replacement, it's going to cost me a lot more due to the pandemic. But what's funny was when it was recovered, the guy's ID, he dropped his ID in the car. We Dead to rights. And the sheriff said, eh, we're not going to do anything because we know the DA is not going to prosecute. I'm like, what? What? I've just had to go through the, the unbelievable paper night work of working with an insurance company on a car that's been stolen. And uh, the guy ditched it 25 miles away. That's typically what happens. It's usually found within two weeks. It didn't in this case. It took about six to eight. So I know the guy's name because I found his ID. I so badly wanted to go to Half Moon Bay and scare him. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I know what high school he graduated from. I wanted to go find his dad and say, do you know what your kid does during the evenings and the weekends? I'm like, no, no, no. This guy may come kill me. I ain't messing with it. I want the police. The But anyway, I'm totally digressing. WWE boss Vince McMahon stepping back from his CEO duties. Um. There's a lot of story there. WWE, obviously, an entertainment company, media company. And they've got a brilliant target market. Brilliant. Kids. Boys. Um, but CEOs have to do this on occasion. Of, I don't like the, oh, this all started with the non-disclosure. Boy, am I running into a long story this right now. I'm just going to completely turn off that idea and go somewhere else. PG&E is moving thousands of miles of power lines underground in a wildfire prevention effort. Here's my problem with PG&E. They're kind of a public utility and they're kind of a publicly traded company. What stank in 2019 when PG&E had all the wildfires and the lawsuits. And I remember being on air and saying, someone called and said, should I buy PG&E or should I sell it? I think it was an employee. And I said, um, it's tough to say because right now due to this fire, we know there's dead bodies there. And we don't know how many dead bodies they're going to pull out. And that was just really, really wrong of me to say on air until the bodies are out. I mean, those are listeners' families sometimes. 
that PG&E is working on an ambitious plan to bury thousands of power lines. Last year, they announced that their plans to bury 10,000 miles in the next decade at a project that cost of 15 to $30 billion. Again, what I don't like about the story, are they publicly traded and held accountable? Or are they a government-sponsored entity, utility, and not? They're kind of half and half. It's not my kind of investment due to the wildfires in that half and half relationship. What stunk about 2019 when they went into bankruptcy was that most of the emails that I got during that period of time were from employees who worked at PG&E. And they had worked there 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and all of their, not all their compensation, but all of their retirement plan was PG&E stock. And it worked for 10, 15, 20 years. And then when the bankruptcy came, they lost their whole retirement plan. What was once a million turned into 150,000. Now, again, you may go, I don't know, we should be burying power lines because won't that wake up the demon that lives in the sand? Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. I, it's not my, that's, I'm not an aliens and demons kind of guy. How old is PG&E as a company? 117-year-old company. They generate $20 billion in revenue annually while serving 70,000 square mile services in northern and central parts of California. So they would have to do a lot of burying of, of cables. And again, there is a story there, but I'm just going to drop it right here, right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. One thing that I have not done, and this shows you my mentality. I haven't given you any market numbers today. I don't sit on market numbers. I sit on trends. I sit on theories. I sit, sit on moves. But yeah, this is a financial show, so I should say the SP 500 is down one half of 1% today. That's not much. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down six tenths of 1%. The NASDAQ's up. The Russell 2000's up. Nothing market moving, nothing shaking, nothing big. Crude oil's down five bucks to 112. Okay, now we're talking. Federal Reserve and central bankers around the world are correctly focused on bringing down inflation, in my opinion. But how fast they do it could lead to a recession. Yeah, kind of want to beat inflation soon, but not so fast that it shuts off spending. Inflation has hit Walmart. This is fascinating to talk about. Walmart should be a great investment right now. Fantastic. We're hitting a tough part of our economy. We know that they got that little happy face that sometimes wears a cowboy hat in the commercials and bounces around the store and rolls back prices. Right? Some low-income Americans are increasingly faced with a choice of tonight's dinner from McDonald's or will it be a different fast food place spending at Walmart or was it used to be Target? Now it's Walmart, which is considered a step below Target in theory. Um, but one family got their story into a Reuters article about how they feed their family from Walmart and how the cost of food is seen at Walmart. So a company that is there for us during tough economic times is feeling the tough economic times themselves. Dollar General should be something that works right now. Costco should be something that works right now as Americans are going to be a little bit tighter. Netflix, I wouldn't own it. As we slow down the economy, people are going to look at their budget. And let's say you have a salary that pays you $1,000 a month. Your $1,000 has to go to food and shelter. It doesn't have to go to Netflix. 
So there's consumer staples. Food and shelter are considered staples. Netflix is considered discretionary. Staples are getting hurt right now when they shouldn't be getting hurt, but they're getting hurt because of inflation. And for the record, if you were to say to me, Rob, for the long term, I want to own Walmart, McDonald's, Visa. I could say, sure. For the short term, I'd say, I don't know. Because the way inflation's hitting their shipping costs, the way it's hitting their commodity costs used to make goods, the dollar strength. But long term, yes. Short term, question mark. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. Amazon did a 10 for one split. And I recently saw it at $100 a share. I was like, oh my, I forgot they did that 10 for one split for just a second. It made my heart go, ah. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 